0: back to bizarre podcast dogs must die my name is grant you can call him chip and today we are continuing on with jojo's bizarre adventure golden wind episodes 27 through 29 we're really only
1: starting you know the last third of the show here but for some reason like from this episode on it just constantly feels to me like right we're just about to hit the end (laughs) i think it's just because the last third doesn't let up
0: yeah i i definitely get get that sense that like Basically, these three episodes cover the four parts, essentially the four moods of JoJo, which is like <laughs> fight, tension, information, fight again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but, but before we start, I just wanted to say that this is the first recording we're doing after the uh, uh, unfortunate and untimely death of Billy Kamitz, yes. the English voice actor for Josuke. Uh, who, uh, honestly, we could not, like, praise his performance enough. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give a little bit of a tribute here to a, a very talented uh, uh, young man who did not have a very long career, especially if you only count, like, his named characters. K was one of his first, certainly mm-hmm. his first lead role, and that was very recent, yeah. uh, uh, all told. And uh, ever since that news broke a little while ago, you know, just thinking about... Even with, you know, the, the short time his career lasted as, you know, a person who you would recognize at least, just how much incredible work he did, and yeah. thoughts with the people who knew him as a person and not just a, a talent, a credit, uh, oh yeah, I recognize that guy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was that was super shocking to see, for sure, because it's like, he was what, 35? Really young. Yeah, yeah. Really young. Yeah. But probably... The best performance of a main JoJo so far. He had like the exact energy for for Joestar. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know how to segue into this into a man <laughs> bleeding from his throat and talking to a frog.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of set us up to fail. Yeah, but yes, that is the opening scene <laughs> of <the> episode. <laughs> this show it can't let you be you can't be serious you can't even try no uh episode 27 king crimson versus metallica yeah Uh.
1: (laughs) even just the episode title itself just just king crimson versus metallica it's very
0: funny it sounds like the name of a forum thread i never (laughs) want to read
1: (laughs) yeah you can't make me (laughs) some really ill-advised show in the mid-2000s on vh1 or something i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah we catch up with our fight previously in progress (laughs) listen back to to the episode two weeks ago the last you know 10 15 minutes or so uh uh, and hear all about dopio the sweet boy Mm -hmm. uh getting getting all fucked up uh and he's on the phone with with the the frog phone with the boss who's like hey hey, buddy, don't worry, I got you. Did you forget that I gave you King Crimson's arms? Yes. <laughs> and also something called epitaph, which is not, in clear bullet points at least, explained in dialogue. Yeah. So so think of it like Bites the Dust or something. It's mm. a second ability with a second name that uh, uh, King Crimson has, named, of course, for that one song off of... Uh, uh, in the hall of the Crimson King. Yeah. It is the forehead face. It's the angry forehead face. It's the angry forehead face. And it's that, the it, face that, and that <laughs> is the part of King Crimson that allows him to see the future. Yep. Yeah. It is important that Dopio does not have the part of King Crimson that allows him to uh, obliterate time and be the only cause in a universe of effects. Yeah, yeah. But he can see the future, which is, it's not nothing. It's pretty good. Oh,
1: yeah. By the way, Epitaph is localized to eulogy.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean it's definitely on on a theme or we're, we're keeping the uh, uh syllable count the initial I get it I get it yeah but the way this manifests for Dopio is not like the world as red tint acting before it acts mm-hmm. no his hair swoopy his cockyween style hair swoopy <laughs> Becomes a projector screen yes. on which he sees the future from behind. It's a, it's a rad visual. I love it. He, he has an AR visor, like, uh, heads-up display of the future <laughs> on his, his hair. hair. The backside of his bangs.
1: Yeah, it's great. <laughs> so
0: that, bring, that brings the OP. And on the other side of that, Epitaph shows Risotto coming, and then... Blending into the rocks.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a a stealth camo thing going on here.
0: This whole fight is uh, kind of exactly what I was talking about last week with the the sort of double act, but in one body. Mm. Uh, uh, The boss and Dopio are going to be bickering at some points and coaching one another in others in how best to approach the situation. So now it's the boss's turn to provide advice on how to use this ability. Uh, Quote, you've seen the inevitable. Now you must prepare for it. (laughs) Yes. The boss in Boingo should have a chat. I think they could really work out the finer points of fate and what it is and how it works. Oh, God. From, like, a totally different, like, uh, uh, point of view than anyone else. Imagine trying to write a right
1: fight with those two powers going against each other. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the specific future that Dopio has seen, the, the specific inevitability, is scissors coming out of his throat.
1: Yeah, uh, the previous episode, the first part of this fight, was already pretty gruesome with dopio just puking up razor blades Mm -hmm. uh but this episode gets even worse because yeah 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 this is maybe the most violent jojo fight
0: so disturbing yeah (laughs) i want to get real with the people at home about Uh things personal to me (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, One thing you might not know, because frankly, it doesn't come up much. I honestly have a fear of needles. I do not like needles at all. And I think it and some other things that kind of skeeve me out come from like, an idea that there is things that are inside the body and things that are outside the body, and transgressing that line mm. is is like a fundamental fear of mind through which individual things like, say, needles comes from. Sure, yeah. This fight sucks for me. <laughs> it sucks so oh, bad. Oh, God,
1: yeah. It, that's all this... <laughs> that everything on the receiving end for dopio
0: is just that it's outside things being inside things and then they have he has to get them out again <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it's bad Ooh, so yeah he's uh seeing in his hair projector that there's gonna be scissors <laughs> bursting out of his fucking throat and these aren't like little scissors this is a full at full size pair of scissors
0: yeah these are like the, the shears that your teacher would have at her desk and, and wouldn't let you borrow yeah. Uh, the, yeah. The like all steel scissors that don't have a grip, just like the handles are painted yes. black to make you think they do.
1: Yeah. So obviously when Dopio sees that imagery, he backs the fuck up uh, <laughs> and immediately starts sweating bullets. And the boss through the frog phone is just saying, you're just going to have to deal with that.
0: <laughs> there is no denying scissors will sprout from your throat. <laughs> yeah. What a thing to say. So, so, yeah, Dopio's like, okay, yeah, I'll I'll nut up for this, and he <laughs> rushes ahead and punches powerful King Crimson arm punch to the wrong rock, the rock that Risotto is not active camoed behind.
1: Yeah. Yeah, whenever he does these big stand punches, it's just the floating disembodied arms of King Crimson kind of, like, attached to the back of his shoulders like he has a second pair of arms, basically. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a Machamp is what he is. Yeah, he's a Machamp with King Crimson
0: arms. He's a shiny Machamp,
1: <laughs> Yes, yeah. So, yeah, he misses and Risotto, still invisible, is just saying, like, wow, that's the closest anyone's ever gotten to punching me. Anyways, uh there's scissors in your throat now.
0: And there are. Uh and Dopio's skin is even tighter than Mista's uh, uh sweater because boy, you can see every uh, uh bit of these scissors and the skin wrinkling around them mm-hmm. like fucking Saran wrap. And he reached he, re- he reaches into his own th- he reaches into his own throat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and pulls the scissors out like he's, like, using a needle or a pin or something to get at an ingrown hair. Yes. And and he pulls him out. He pulls out the scissors from his throat. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't... So, for the rest of the fight, he's bleeding from his throat, but all the skin is still there. I'm, glad it's, I'm glad it's there,
0: but... <laughs> and Risotto is impressed. He is cautious of any man who can anticipate throat scissors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know what fair fair mm-hmm.
1: so dopio goes in for another punch rush completely whiffs it because risotto is already like you know slinked off somewhere else in stealth mode. invisibly yeah yeah and so Dopio's feeling not good already <laughs> he t- he's um, understandably having a hard time moving <laughs> from where he currently is and then he gets another vision of the future which is his whole
0: foot getting cut off his vision is of himself, like, crouching and a disembodied foot just sailing away uh, in slow motion in front of his eyes, in front of his present eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's got to grab that frog again for, for counsel. hmm <laughs> And yeah, he's relaying
1: all this to the boss and the boss is saying, okay, I told you to nut up for the throat scissors, but losing a foot is, is too much. <laughs> <laughs> do, do something
0: so your foot doesn't come off. And, but Dopio is dedicated. Dopio's got what it takes. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, even though the boss doesn't have a lot of hope considering the position, but he hangs up to the frog because he's got his own plan. This is one of those times where actually I should sit still and wait to get totally fucked up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. If he stands still, he can better calculate where and how Risotto is attacking.
0: He's got to conserve his energy. He doesn't want to get fatigued on top of everything else. Gosh.
1: Yeah. And I do like right here and and, and later moment in the fight too, I believe... There are times where the boss is telling Dopio to do something, and Dopio just goes, no, like, <laughs> the, the boss can only, have like, suggest things to the body he inhabits right now.
0: Like, he, he's a loyal soldier. He will, like, he will complete his mission, but, like, the nitty-gritty, the, the moment-to-moment details of how, that's his business. He's got his own ideas, he's got his own plans.
1: Yeah, and so what Dopio does to try and figure out... How these attacks are working and where they're coming from is he just takes the frog phone and just gently places it several inches in front of him on the ground and then there's just a couple seconds where you're just looking at this frog like just a still frame and then it explodes full of razor points
0: this frog just blows the hell up Uh, uh, perhaps perhaps the frog the noble frog is indeed the dog of amphibians that's why they rhyme yeah Just imagining if
1: Baron Zeppeli was here for this, he would be so upset to see that frog exploding.
0: So in the briefest, briefest possible moment, as soon as this frog explodes, uh, ending its life of mischief, (laughs) uh, uh, Dopio flings the scissors like a fucking Xeno warrior princess chakram. Yes. And slices Risotto's foot off, which sails in front of his face, uh, uh, completing the prophecy, again, very Boingo-like.
1: Yeah, yep. Risotto is shocked that Anyone could find him, let alone sever his foot off. Two, ah, shit, my foot fell off. And three, uh, <laughs> having your foot cut off makes it, uh, made his foot getting cut off uh, causes him to drop his stealth, and he he's visible just laying on the ground now.
0: Which gives Dopio time to explain just how the razor stand works.
1: Yes. Uh, it's like a sphere of influence around <laughs> uh, around Risotto. He, he has power to manipulate iron Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and can suck out iron from the human body as well so any iron he uses he can transform into anything else that is made out of iron hence so he's basically just turning dopio's blood into razor blades or turning the iron in his blood into scissors but yeah it's it's only a radius which is why when he was approaching the frog blew up first
0: Luckily, he put the frog on, you know, the risotto side. That, yeah. that was just by chance. Yeah. So now that the frog is dead, Dopio recognizes it as a dead frog. That is not a phone. What a yeah. ridiculous idea. Where did my phone go? This is a dead frog. But the phone is ringing, so it must be around here somewhere. So he goes back to this little uh, a nest of rocks, wherein I believe he found this frog previously. And he reaches inside, and he finds uh, some trash cigarettes. There's someone mm-hmm. just that just wound up here, some beach litterers, and he's like, Wow, they make phones so small these days and starts <laughs> talking into the cigarette that he holds to his ear.
1: Yeah, And so yeah, the boss is congratulating him over the cigarette phone. And Dopio's asking, Should I kill this dude or should I wait you to get wait for you to get here? And so yeah, they talk it about it like this several times in this episode where even though they're inhabiting the same body, it takes time for the boss To manifest as if he's traveling to the location. I don't think Dopio knows
0: they share a body. Yeah, yeah. That's the sense I... I mean, maybe I'll be proven wrong. There's a lot of JoJo's left. I would love to see a scene where he finds out. Yes. That would be amazing. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. But but essentially the plan is reiterated. The boss is quote on his way. It will take some time. Uh, he will d- deliver the final blow. But it is Dopio's job to to get within that two meter, uh, uh, deadly. You can't escape me. A uh, uh, range. Mm-hmm. So that is when that's when the severed foot floats by, <laughs> and there's little goo boys in the floating ankle. Yep. And sometimes my notes read like a Dada mon- uh, a Dadaist manifesto. <laughs> And I don't know what to do with that fact. I just wanted to say it. But yeah, there's a little goo boys in the floating ankle. Yep. Um. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so yes. The,
1: sure. <laughs> the the little goo boys are the stand. Metallica. Yeah. They,
0: they look like weird little forest spirits made yeah, of mercury. Yeah. Risotto's stand like lives inside his body. Like the size of kidney beans, little little goo boys. Yep. There's a whole bunch of them in that ankle. And so now it is Risotto's turn to read Dopio's ability. Like, this is how we sell that they are both very, you know, clever and capable combatants. We learn about their stands as, you know, viewers from the characters, but not themselves, Mm -hmm. one another.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, Risotto is pasting together the fact that Dopio can, like, predict the future or, or see into the future. And this is when his floating foot full of goo boys uh shunks back onto his leg and he uses some of his own blood to turn them into giant surgical staples that reattaches his foot.
0: I've said before that I'm impressed about how many of the X-Men use their powers to to manipulate uh, some sort of flight. And to be in passiona you have to figure out a way to use your stand to to solve like dismemberment. Yep. That's that's part that's they're... the second part. That's Pulpo's second lighter. Yeah, <laughs> There is
1: so much dismemberment in part five. God damn!
0: Like even, <laughs> even later parts, I don't think have
1: that this level of dismemberment.
0: So Risotto has also figured out that once again, there's two boys in this boy. Like he, he he moves in two different ways. Like we've we've seen him start to bulk up and become like a half boss size. Like wow! At one point, he says, "quote It's like there are two of you," mm. and so he knows. He just knows that this guy who is so close to the boss must be the one who killed his teammates from two years ago yeah and so he's got to find out everything he can about dopio just like for the revenge to be all the sweeter mm-hmm.
1: this is when we get like the the mid-episode title card mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. featuring metallica and then when we're back from that uh we're it's flashback time it's it's time to see more of the entire uh, assassin team
0: it's not a very deep flashback. Like uh, uh as stated, this is less than a week ago. Yep. I guess. <laughs> yes. All of the, the entire execution team uh, like uh all of la squadra esecuzione is here. Uh like every shot we see a different angle of this big living room they're tossing. I, I think it's Trisha's mom's place, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh so I, I won't list them. Just know everyone's here. Risotto's the last one to to be seen. They're not in order. the order in which they die. That would have been a fun choice. Yeah. They might talk in that order, at least those of which that talk, but that's not the order in which they're shown. Yeah. So as soon as Trish's mom dies and Trish starts becoming a hot potato among the Kapos, these guys jumped into action to toss this house to try to find uh, uh, clues, to, clues to the boss, clues to where Trish is because she's the biggest clue to the boss, et cetera, et cetera. They don't find anything. They do find this picture that all of the recent action is about, but they don't know what they have and don't treat it as anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, like going out of the, fl- the, the flashback. Risotto is kind of re- reflecting on that briefly, on uh, you know how they've all died in, in the name of this mission. He's going to be the one to finish it and all this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is when Dopio... You know, you know, still piecing together the, the powers of Risotto's stand and stuff. Uh, he's figured out how he's making himself invisible because this stand yes. also has, like, it's basically magnetic.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's magnetized iron dust in the environment in such a way that it is active camo. <laughs> yeah. Th- there is, like, a dot, dot, dot in there that never gets filled in to my satisfaction. <laughs> yeah. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And there's a later example, it's that you don't even need the stand to make it happen. It just happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, around this point is also when Risotto says, quote, he who cannot control his emotions dies first. I've seen how people die in this fight. That's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I believe it is something Risotto believes. It's how he comports himself. But but if that, but, but if proving that true or false is like the theme, is the moral of this fight... It's not. It's just not.
1: (laughs) Nope. And this is when he goes invisible again. And there's like a... We get another shot of Dopio seeing the future through his
0: hair. And the animation... It's this... so fucking rad. Yeah. The, the epitaph itself, the, the face on his face, has not been there for a while. But he just, like, flips his head around, does a, a, a flex, and then it appears like yeah. he, it's the first step of his magical girl transformation. Yes, there's even, <laughs> like, a, a, a pink sparkly that shoots out of his forehead towards
1: the camera. Amazing. Yeah, it really like, does look like the very beginning of a, a tr- magical girl transformation. There,
0: there are elements of the fight in this episode, and this one might be chief among them. This or, yeah, the uh, um, scissors toss earlier that uh, are animated with the fidelity of the OP for an action show. Yeah. And yeah. not like the, the moment to moment blow by blow of an action show.
1: Yeah. It just looks really good. But yeah, his foresight is showing him that there's like three dozen razor blades flying at him. Or not yeah, razor blades, yeah. uh, surgical bl- uh, like
0: scalpels. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he sees risotto is about to do the the dio knife attack and so he does the only defense we know against the dio knife attack (laughs) Uh, he gets his big burly stand arms to punch away some of them but others get through Mm -hmm. ta-da ta-da hey giorno check out your dad over here someone's pretending to be your dad what do you think about that
1: (laughs) and so yeah he gets hit by a couple he falls to the ground he immediately gets another uh glimpse into the future where more of them
0: are raining down from the sky when dopio uses king crimson's arms it sounds like a tommy gun fire i love it
1: yeah it's a noticeably different sound than when they use like machine gun sounds for like star platinum Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. but so yeah he's he's all he's able to do being on the ground is just try to roll out of the way of them and nope there's one that still gets stuck in his leg uh then he sees another vision and uh it's dozens of needles erupting out of his face Yep, and then
0: it happens! Yay! Uh... So now the boss is upset, because you know what? (laughs) (laughs) If you're in a carpool and the driver slams the the car into a median, Mm -hmm. that's sort of what the boss is feeling right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Quote, I will not allow you to take more damage. (laughs) (laughs) Your HP is getting far too low, Topio. (laughs) This whole time...
1: Uh, risotto is just sitting on a rock watching this happen still invisible and this is when he starts talking about like hey do you know what happens when the human body kind of runs out of
0: iron yeah he is indulging iraqi's explainer impulse he is the voice through which we get explainer time yeah because he's not just t- telling us about what iron deficiency means he's telling us about how important it is to eat green leafy vegetables yeah. and certain other foods like liver Mm -hmm. Essentially, the the real takeaway that's, like, tactically important is that, you know, if I steal all the iron out of your body, that means I'm fucking up your hemoglobin. That means oxygen won't bind to your red blood cells, which means you are suffocating while still breathing. Yep. He's basically given Dopio super anemia over the course of this fight (laughs) by turning his blood into knives. (laughs) And we see this by Adopio's blood beginning to turn yellow. Like, not all at once. Yeah. You know you know how if you've been eating, like, a burger or a hot dog for a while, and the mustard and the, the ketchup mix but don't mm-hmm. really blend fully? Yeah. They might have taken a picture of that and used it as the color layer on some of these shots, because that's exactly what it looks like.
1: Yep. His his blood is slowly turning this, like, sickly yellow color. And this is when the boss pops up again in Dopio's head and says... Hey, don't do fucking anything else. I'm almost there. I'm going to finish this myself. And you can see, like, random muscles in Dopio's body, like, slowly twitching and, like,
0: enlarging. But if you thought this was a two-way fight, that's where you are wrong, my friend. hmm Because Aerosmith is buzzing around nearby.
1: Yep. The the gang's at the beach just further, you know, down, down the cliff. The, the gang is scouting out for enemies, so Aerosmith is out and about. Uh, and so now it's also very important for the two guys in this fight to finish this super quickly before either of them
0: can get caught. And also the the boss and Dopio are very upset because they are down on the beach at the photo spot. Mm-hmm. They've reached to the place that Dopio was supposed to be defending with his life. <laughs> yeah. Somehow they got there without actually getting Trisha's picture that she looked at every day of her life. Perhaps she just remembered the picture she looked at every day of her life. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dopio wants to,
1: he thinks he has a way to find Risotto again, and that is mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. Risotto's power you know, ha- has magnetism uh, a- as part of it, he grabs one of the um, surgical blades and just like balances it on his finger to see which way it'll point and goes, okay, yeah, well, if it's yeah. getting pulled in that direction, that's where he is.
0: I do love this moment because it starts with, essentially, one last vision through Epitaph, which is Dopio getting fucking destroyed and a giant chunk of his skull missing. <laughs> yes, his head, a quarter of his head is just gone. So the boss is like, hey, bud, you did good, but you, you pitched some strong innings, but it, it's time to hit the bench. And he's like, no, I still got the heat. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> so he does his, his yeah, compass needle trick. Uh it's so good. It's so good. He's got like three
1: more of the blades that rain down from earlier, like in between his fingers, like Wolverine claws. And then when he sees the other blade point in a certain direction, he throws all of them that way, thinking, you know, he's going to
0: get him with these blades. But Risotto saw that coming oh, just shit. through like tactical thinking. He doesn't have a magic forehead face. mm <laughs> So what really drew the, that uh, uh, scalpel with its magnetic force was the severed foot that he left behind just yes. for such a trap.
1: <laughs> yeah, he t- he popped his foot back off. There's some good like fighting game mechanics there with risotto, <laughs> with like magnetism and like willingly popping your foot off and leaving it somewhere on the somewhere else in the stage for that to be the point of magnetism. I don't know. That sounds like mm-hmm. you do something fun mm-hmm. with
0: that. So, so this is where the, the dub script writer just, like, fist-pumped and then ran around the block before <laughs> cashing their way-too-small-for-what-they-deserve uh, check. Mm-hmm. Risotto says, quote, I did a lot of soul-searching after I was separated from my foot. <laughs> love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. You know I wrote that down, S-O-L-E. I got you. I see what you did. <laughs> And what he's been searching through his soul about is, uh, you know, did you know that Risotto is not only a world-class assassin, he's also able to uh, diagnose psychological disorders? Yes! Yep, I forgot about this part. So so we've been talking about Dopio and the boss as a Jekyll Hyde, but uh, now they, they are not only bringing in, like one of the big fictional examples before there even was a diagnosis, but the actual term multiple personality disorder mm-hmm. into the discourse. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have taken the tarp down off of the elephant in the room here. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, he also says that it is an idea that originated with 16th century German philosophers. And I did a little wiki diving today and I still don't know what the fuck <laughs> he's talking about.
1: Yeah, I was wondering what he, w- he meant by that. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Mm, it's just one of those alternate history things, I guess. I don't it, know. It,
0: it was the '90s. We were actually in the middle of a boom of research and popular interest into mm. uh, MPD or DID. I think the the term switch was happening right around now. I think. I I'm not gonna talk like I know what the fuck I'm saying, but I will say. Man, it, it sure does kind of suck that the only time we see any sort of neurodivergence in this show, it's, and they're all serial killers! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Come, come on, man. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only counterexamples are headcanon.
1: <laughs> yep. As with so many things, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I want to think about these two as, like... Uh, Jekyll and Hyde, but it's instead saying, "Hey, you remember that movie Split? <laughs> like, yeah, that movie Split was pretty fun to, to watch, not fun to think about in any sort of its implications mm-hmm. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. or or metaphors or anything. Oh, Good boy. looking, though, I'll give you that. I I haven't actually seen Split. Oh, okay, yeah.
1: Oh, and also while all of this is happening, a razor blade is emerging out from <laughs> yeah. behind, from Dopio's eyebrow as if he had a razor blade tucked under, like beneath
0: like behind his eyeball mm-hmm.
1: that part's real around,
0: bad around the like brow line temple region mm-hmm. yeah 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 <sighs> so <laughs> so he is taunted by risotto asking what face will you have after you die which is a baller last line though it is it is but <sighs> but this fight ends when somebody somebody forgot he wasn't alone <laughs> mm mm-hmm. mhm because as Risotto is stepping forward slowly to deliver, you know, the killing blow to this man who is just a mess of bicolored blood, who, who's gasping for breath that will not, you know, bind to, to his cells. Ready, ready to lay down the coup de grace. Instead, there is machine gun fire and he's mm-hmm. fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> yup. He gets <laughs> shot like a dozen times in the
1: back by Aerosmith. And, and But that's not all. The boss is awake,
0: motherfucker. <laughs> yeah,
1: the boss is here now. So those scalpels that Dopio threw mm-hmm. sailed off the cliff and landed near the gang on the beach. And they went, what the fuck? There's an enemy here. And as Aerosmith
0: did JoJo's trick, Dobio yeah, did JoJo's trick. this is a
1: pretty good JoJo's trick. I like this. You know, so Aerosmith started searching for enemies, and only one person, Risotto, showed up on the radar because it searches, you know, for for breath and and all that stuff. And uh, guess who ain't breathing at all because they have no iron in their body. <laughs>
0: Since his super anemia is preventing respiration, he's he's does not show up on the on the boop boop swoops radar, mm-hmm. and so and so risotto is blown apart. Big meaty chunks fly off of him. One of which hits the boss in the head, carrying the active camo with it, yes. and fulfilling the prophecy of a missing ch- not a missing chunk. It turns out all along, it was an invisible chunk yep. of his head. <laughs> yep. And that's the end of the episode. What a fight. The the sheer power and force and turnabouts that you can cram into a one episode fight. Right. One and a half. Fine. I'll give you that. But still, but still, though. Mm Mm-hmm. Episodio Ventotto, Beneath a Sky on the Verge of Falling. How poetic. Yeah. So yeah, we get a recap of the end moments of that fight. Luigi wins by doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) Yeah. So let's...
1: <laughs> okay, sorry,
0: go ahead. Am I wrong? <laughs> no, that's why it's so funny. <laughs> so let's check the scorecard here on the execution squad. Naranja killed two. Yeah. The boss killed two himself, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, way back in flashback times two for bruno three for giorno okay Nar- narrow narrow win for giorno yeah i mean it, and if you want to put in a uh, uh, squalo and tiziano mm-hmm. if if you add them as like honorary members for like cutting in line before risotto then then narancia goes straight to the head of the pack
1: yeah damn i mean when you think about it his stand is probably like it's a small plane that shoots fucking infinite bullets <laughs> Like even it has Mi- firebombs. Yeah. The
0: firebombs have never killed anybody, but they, they're fun. Yeah.
1: Even like Mises got, you know, limited ammo. He has a very big hat. That's it, not it's, true. It, it, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, after that that recap here, the gang on the beach and and Narancia just saying, Hey, I got something. <laughs> I just shot
0: someone to death. <laughs> So yeah, they're down on the beach, they know about the photo, they have uh, uh, correctly guessed that the photographer is the boss way back when, all those years ago, and Bruno is in a hurry to get this fucking done, while Abacchio is pretty uneasy.
1: (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Because Abacchio is saying like, okay, even if this dude's dead, we literally just stopped fighting a guy who was stronger when he was dead. So... (laughs) I do not feel comfortable being the sitting
0: duck here right now. Um, yeah.
1: You know, the, the the three of them here on the beach are trying to figure out, like, do we go up and look at the body and poke it with the stick to make sure it's really dead? Because, <laughs> like, it might not be. The, the rest of the gang are in the turtle. And so for this to work, Bakio is going to immediately start on rewinding time with...
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: with his stand
0: because it takes a long time to go back 15 years when you don't even know which date of 15 years ago you're aiming for so he's got to like go really really fast and then scrub through the year (laughs) yeah
1: and i love the part where it's like bruno is asking Abacchio how long it's going to take and he says you know like almost two decades is going to take like it like eight to twelve minutes or something like that and then bruno just says you'll get it done in five it's not how my stand works. He
0: watched a lot of Star Trek. It's fine. Just, just let him have this. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, yeah, Bruno and uh, Narancia are going to go check on this this dead guy, uh, this
0: this dead guy's body. While Narancia sends a, a little bomber to go talk to the turtle yep. to summon the other three to become Abakio's bodyguards. Yep. How far away is the turtle? Too far. <laughs> uh-huh. So back up on the
1: cliff, we've got the boss talking to a barely alive risotto who is slowly bleeding out to death with about three million bullet holes in his body. And he,
0: he offers a deal like, hey, I will give you a swift and honorable death because you don't want Bruno and his people to kill you. Those guys? Come on. Let me handle this as long as you give me my iron back.
1: <laughs> yes, he desperately needs iron. And he's he's really trying to sway risotto with the the talk of like hey don't disgrace all of your dead buddies you know don't go out to the the enemy like this you fought with honor and all like he's really trying to butter him up so he can get his fucking iron back mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and risotto starts mumbling something the boss can't quite hear him so he leans in to hear what he's saying and this is when risotto grabs him Pulls the boss's body, uh, like, in front of his as Aerosmith comes in for an extra volley of bullets.
0: Yeah, and his last words are, I'm not dying alone. Which, like, Risotto has only really been a character for, what, this this one fight, essentially. Mm. But, okay, he also tortured an IT guy, fine. But, <laughs> yeah. But he's got some baller lines. That's a good, good line. Yeah,
1: he's great. So, yeah, Aerosmith just starts firing almost point blank at the boss in
0: Risotto. Because it's been hijacked.
1: <laughs> yes, that's right.
0: <laughs> All the little Metallica blobbies have swarmed little Bomber and, I don't know, taken over Mr. Smith, the legendary <laughs> Mr. Smith pilot. Yep. And now he is in control of Narancha's stand and using it to, to fire into the boss's back. Except he does not successfully fire into the boss's back.
1: <laughs> yep. He he uses uh, King Crimson's powers to just uh, have the bullets pass right by him. For the the half second, the bullets would be passing through him. And Risotto gets riddled with even more bullets. He just obliterated that time, that, that little blink of time. Then the boss, who is still, you know, basically not breathing, goes, Oh shit, those guys are coming now. And all he can
0: do is slowly crawl away. <laughs> to quote replenish my stolen nutrients
1: (laughs) (laughs) my nutrients
0: i hate when they talk about nutrients i hated it before i hate it
1: yes yes this is it's the second time now
0: so bruno and abakio are nope abakio's downstairs Uh, so bruno and narancia arrive at the scene of the crime i guess Mm -hmm. and start doing things that well abakio would do uh, uh, and Bruno asserts that some third party killed Risotto, that uh, 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 Narancha does not get to chalk this up in his win column. Guess what? I am. I make the <laughs> rules.
1: Mm-hmm. It's Bruno looking at the severed foot and going like, I don't think a bullet severed that foot clean like that.
0: As we all know, Little Bomber's uh, rounds are, are superheated. We've seen them cauterize wounds before. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's no, no burn damage on the ankle here. Mm-hmm. So yeah there there is some third party in the mix here cutting foots off and whatnot mm-hmm
1: uh so the boss is you know just feet away from them crawling away hide like hidden by rocks uh like cursing them for for being here and, and he this is when he reveals that he's got like an attachment to sardinia too because his
0: birthplace like he doesn't want these mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. to like defile his birthplace or whatever he's got an attachment to everything that is him he he yeah. is so like self-aggrandizing and self-centered that yeah sardinia th- they don't deserve sardinia sardinia is mm-hmm. a me place not a them place yeah
1: and so Bruno begins ordering Narancha to start searching on his radar for whoever wherever the third party could be. But there's like lots of tourists around on the beach. And mm-hmm. like cars on the, the highway near them and all this. So and lots of animals. And so like if he adjusts the search range, which apparently Narancha can do.
0: Yeah, he, he's essentially caught in the trade off between like accuracy and clarity. Yeah. If if he makes it super sensitive, he'll be picking up, like, rats and, and such. And if he makes it super wide, it's all those people down on the beach. And Bruno's like, hey, just look at the fucking dots. Yep. Look at the dot that looks like someone running away from a fight they barely survived.
1: <laughs> and then here's a the part I completely forgot about until rewatching this. The boss desperately needs nutrients. And so... Yeah. So he eats a phone?
0: <laughs> That's so gross! What are you eating telephones for?
1: Yeah, the, n- nature's phone, the frog. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's just a big old frog just hopping around, and so, yeah, he grabs it and just snake-eater style just starts chomping down in that live frog.
0: A lot chewier than I would have expected a phone to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, and right around now, as the boss is, is feasting on, on phone, this is when Mista and Giorno... Have gotten out of the turtle and they're getting closer to Abakio. Uh, mm-hmm. Trish is with them, still in the turtle, which Mista is holding. She's
0: wearing heels. It's fine. Yeah, uh, she, she'll come out when she's needed, which is to say, not in any episode we're talking about today. Damn it! Uh, she she got a stand. She's on the team. She just got a stand.
1: Let her do stuff. So yeah, they're they're rushing towards Abakio, but they're still pretty far away. And uh, Abakio, you know, just sitting there, rewinding the stand, his standstill. There's soccer children frolicking about and getting closer to him, and that's that's annoying him. He needs to focus. Well,
0: of course, he hates kids. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bakio. He hates kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we needed to be told that before to assume a hates kids. Yeah. Uh,
1: meanwhile, Narancha does pick up a dot that just clearly is going away from them in a straight line. And so they, mm-hmm. they chase that down. It's behind a rock. Bruno gives whoever's behind that rock, because they see some some feet, like, pulling behind the rock, gives them three seconds to come out. And if not, they're dead.
0: So, of course, they, they don't come out. So he zipper punches the giant boulder in half and finds a terrified child with his mouth sewn shut by shoelaces. Yes. And a big trail of blood leading away. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, Bruno and Narancia are just like, What? (laughs) What? (laughs) Somebody has been vampire feeding on this small boy, mm -hmm. and it's very confusing. They don't immediately identify that's what it is, but come on, that's what it is. And you know what Bruno does here? You know what he does? He uses hand signals. Yes. They've had hand signals. (laughs) They do
1: have hand signals. Maybe they just, I I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) On the ride from the sky... (laughs) In the yes. the plane canopy, they had time to develop brand new hand signals for such an event. <laughs> but yeah, as they're just kind of sitting there, seeing this child bleeding to death and not knowing what is happening. This is when the the group of soccer children get closer to Abakio, and they one of them accidentally kicks a ball into a tree branch they can't reach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so Abakio annoyed about this, but you know just wants them to leave. He grabs that ball gives it back to him you know thanks mister they all leave and as the final child runs by abakio abakio gets a, a king crimson arm clean through his whole his whole being
0: yeah yeah he has a new hole in his being yes yep he gets he gets the tummy hole again uh uh it's it's his favorite move oh he's he's dead he's fucking dead he's yep. actually Straight up, instantly dead. Fuck you, Giorno, and Mista. Where were you? He's dead. Yep. Moody Blues style card. Not Moody gonna be Blues. seeing you again.
1: Nope. The child that was bleeding was one of the soccer kids.
0: And the boss stole his blood. The boss stole his and blood and, his, and clothes. his clothes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the action, uh, mm-hmm. Abakio is having a meal in a colorless outdoor cafe. Is this heaven? Is God colorblind? It makes you think. Hmm. And underneath uh, uh, the next table over is a cop who is looking for a particular shard of glass from a particular broken bottle used in a fight for fingerprinting. And Abaki was like, that's dumb as hell. (laughs) You are never going to find that. That is impossible. mm -hmm. Stop touching all of the broken glass. (laughs) Even if you find it, even if you find it, what, what? You think that just, like, p- finding a guy's fingerprint is going to lead to a conviction and going to jail? Haven't you heard of defense lawyers? They exist, and I hate all of them forever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and this this cop, he, he starts talking about how, you know, okay, sure, even if this guy gets away, there's always... <laughs> Basically, there's always next time. Justice always gets served in the end. And Abakio, mm-hmm. listening to this, like mouth agape, and he just just says, like, I have no idea how you have
0: the resolve to believe in that. He's shocked. He's absolutely shocked at the idea that a, a police officer, a member of a brotherhood to once he to which he once belonged, could believe that truth and not convictions is true justice.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then this cop starts talking to Abakio by name, sounding very familiar, uh, and, and mm-hmm. saying, you know, Abakio, you know, you, you have done good in your life.
0: You know, the extortion, the gambling racket, the loan uh-huh. sharking, the arson, the mayhem, the armed <laughs> robberies, the homicides. You've done so much good, you never once sold drugs to kids, and that's what really matters. Yay! I'm so proud of you, my friend. And this is when it's, it becomes very clear that the
1: the cop talking to abakio here is his partner that he accidentally got killed all those years ago when abakio realizes this this is when all the color in the world floods back in
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and there's also like a bus on the other side of the road where abakio is like i got to go i got to go help my friends i got to get on this bus and this is when the his, his partner tells him like you came here in that bus and you can't like go back on it you're fucking dead
0: dude <laughs> I can't wait to see what are the other four people he will meet in heaven, Mitch <laughs> Album style. Yeah, but but yeah, back in the land of the living, the the rest of the boys, you know, round up around the body with a big round hole, and uh, of course, of course, they it's time for big manly feelings of strong manly grief. Yep, and Narancia is locked in in the stage of denial, demanding Jorno do something quote before I kick your ass.
1: <laughs> yes, yeah, Jorno. Gior- just puts his hand on Abakio or or near it and you know no life energy Abakio was just instantly dead when that he mm-hmm, got punched
0: mm-hmm. Bruno is continuing to blame himself for all setbacks as always mm-hmm. just like on the plane
1: Br- Bruno begins walking away like we we had we all have to get out of here it's way too fucking dangerous you know this is my error that i made and as Bruno's walking away you know he gets some of that man pain close ups where He's doing everything he can to be to to maintain composure and not shed tears, and he's butting his lips so
0: hard it's bleeding, and that's never going to bleed in his current state. As a dead man, he's a he's a zombie. I'm telling you. <laughs> but it's especially hard for him because the crew isn't listening. They aren't well. Specifically, Narancia, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be bottling your emotions, be a real man, yeah. be an emotionally stunted man, instead of screaming at me that this is not the way to to honor our brother. Yeah. And so, yeah,
1: Narancia is actually letting all these emotions out and and crying like he, he tried to go after Bruno, falls over and on the ground, just like pounding the ground, crying, uh, just bawling. Right before Narancia fell over, he was like flailing around and accidentally knocked Jorno over and Jorno falls onto Abacchio's, uh body, which pushes him shoves him to the side just enough where they notice something and that's uh abaki was holding a little stone in his hand
0: yeah he's holding like a little shard of some sort of stone and they're like what is what is what is this what is this and Jorno says oh yeah I, i can find out let me touch it and turn it into a bug and then tell that bug to go back where it came from where it will turn back into a stone and that shard is a little sliver of this stone monument where, like, the, the picture was taken. Mm-hmm. that that That's what Trisha's mom was, like, leaning by around this whole site of the action. I don't know what it's a monument to. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Uh, the show certainly doesn't. Now, now they notice there's a giant hunk of monument missing mm-hmm. in the shape of a human face. Yes. So at some point, at some point, <laughs> Moody Blue's Finished its scrub of that year, found the face it was looking for, and then slammed its head and hands because they're about to get fucking fingerprints off of this rock. Yes. So hard that it created a negative relief. And, like, they will shortly pour, like, plaster in it to Mm -hmm. take a molding, to take a casting of it. Yep. To make a, a, a boss bust <laughs> that has fingerprints. It has fingerprints. It has fingerprints. <laughs> why, why don't we see that? I want to see a flashback of Moody Blues just decimating itself. Yeah. Because,
1: like, the last time we do see Moody Blues, it's just on the ground and it's, you know, just it has cracks all over it. And it's basically just disintegrating. mm mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm yes they got a
0: boss bust and and as they they walk away there there's you know the ghosts of our our two cops in the clouds twice two different uh versions of cops in clouds
1: yep we we get Abakio with his partner and then at the very end of the episode we we get the the golden sky and and the beautiful clouds which this time are kind of forming a bed that a sleepy smiling abakio is resting on Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. rest in peace abakio
0: so, Episodio 29, get to the Roman Colosseum. I wonder what the new mission is. Hmm. So, uh, Narancha and Mista are, are starting off by running off a hill. Mista has Coco Jumbo cradled in his arm like he's going for the Heisman. Good for him. <laughs> and the other three are inside, Mr. President, while Giorno is looking for the boss's face and fingerprints in all of the databases.
1: <laughs> yes, they... They've got access to, like, all the different criminal databases, uh, searching for the boss.
0: We're still in, like, originally written 1998 times, so this is before CSI. Uh, Again, I want to say that, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure certainly did not invent, like, going through criminal databases that have faces that go... Mm -hmm. No match, you know? But I feel like it's definitely early ways, before it was literally everywhere, right?
1: And, like, depending where you were in the world and even like the states like in the late 90s which places had the ability to do that was still kind of like hit and miss if i remember correctly
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i mean i'm talking about media every yeah, cop media. can do that now yeah <laughs> i i want to pin it on csi again i, I'm, I <laughs> it's got to be what popular <laughs> I, I didn't really it, right? check my references on that but that's that's really a gut call but it feels right you know yeah yeah, they're they're searching on this laptop
1: and they're getting no results in like any database bases, including
0: death records to see if like he faked his own death. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is when we get our one trish scene of the week. <laughs> oh man, only one. And she's just feeling her mystic blood bond uh, with the boss while she holds the bust and just like twists it in her frustration. <laughs> yes, she, she's, she's, she's spice girlsing it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just rubberizing it. That's that's good. That that is a good like it's, illustration yeah. of mood to just like oh, I'm gonna turn your fucking plaster cast into a fidget toy. I'm so upset with you.
1: <laughs> yep, and yeah, everyone's. Pretty on edge because they just got this thing that you know Ibaka had to fucking die for and it's not leading anywhere. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, uh un-
0: until <laughs> Until Until special guest teammate the super hacker joins. Yes, their laptop gets hacked. <laughs> and by like, an orb. An orb with a bow tie.
1: So all of their all the like wind like they just hear a voice coming from their laptop. Uh, just coming out of nowhere, just like, actually, your search has come to
0: an end! And, like, all... A voice, th- I, I don't want to reveal anything until our next recording, yep. but a voice that gets progressively more recognizable as the episode yes. goes on. Yes!
1: Yes! <laughs> Can't wait.
0: Um, <laughs> But... It starts off like, oh, new guy, and then he gets like, oh, they're reusing that guy for a new character, and then by the end, like, Oh, I know this guy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Hell yeah, man. Uh yeah, like all the like windows on their desktop like just start floating and then get sucked into like a hacker wormhole. <laughs> 1998,
0: baby. <laughs> but but yeah, the big announcement is like, don't don't even sweat it. You already found the boss. Now you just need to figure out how to destroy him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He also drops in conversation that the boss's name is Diavolo, <laughs> yes, I guess the super hacker is Morgan, our guest from last week uh identity <laughs> revealed yep but but yeah the our our hacker friend has just been waiting for someone with the drive and skills to even get this far before he would reveal himself and just dangle the promise of these tantalizing secrets before them mm-hmm.
1: Immediately saying, like, I'm I'm on your side, bros. I am the cool hacker man. And everyone's Please just like... Please do not
0: hang up on me.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bruno just tells Jarno, just like, turn the computer off. And that guy's just like, no. <laughs> I'm hacking. Come on.
0: Of all the people to be the super hacker, you'd never expect it.
1: Right? Yeah. It
0: kicks ass. I cannot wait for the reveal. So he drops some more tidbits like, hey, 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 let, let me prove it. The boss's stand, Diavolo's stand, works by with time and they're like whoa and trish has some deductive reasoning here like okay if this guy was like uh lying to us then he'd be a minion of the boss and there's no way there's no way my father would allow one of his minions to know that about his stand mm-hmm. he must be telling the truth <laughs> yeah she's like doing sudoku with clues it's yeah. like just eliminating this weird chain of if this then then to be like ah this guy's probably all right yeah 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 and
1: so the the hacker guy is saying, King Crimson is basically invincible. Basically, but I have knowledge of a way to defeat it. And I cannot tell you. <laughs> I cannot tell you over hacker channels. You have to come
0: physically meet me in Rome. And one of the things, one of the other, like, uh, um, you know, carrots on the end of the stick is he's got a stand arrow, but his is special because it has a bug on it. <laughs> yeah. This is the special like three lobed stand arrowhead that we've seen in in this second op for a few episodes now, mm-hmm. and yeah, the third lobe is kind of like a grasshopper type thing with a big tail
1: yeah, or yeah, it's kind of grasshoppery, I guess in my in my head, I kept thinking it was like a scarab, but it's not really not really a scarab yeah, I don't know. So, yeah Bruno and Giorno are both like, oh shit, there's more than one of those things and uh the the hacker guy is saying. You have to come, yes, <laughs> yes, there's like a million of them, yes, and also two, you have to come visit, come meet me, so I can give you this arrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is a special arrow, and not even Diavolo knows the true power of this stand giving arrow
0: it-, it bears a hidden wisdom and the key to his defeat. He's just like really, really trying to rope these guys in for some manner of con job, I have to think. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the outside of the turtle, Mista leaps 70 feet into a speedboat. Hell yeah. And
1: meanwhile, on the beach, Dopio is uh, making telephone ringing noises, looking for the
0: phone. And he's like, where the fuck is his phone? And he finds some ladies who stole his phone? And it looks Weird. like one of them is going to eat his phone? Hey. That's so rude. <laughs> this is a double scoop of phone. Ooh. <laughs> Yes. So he grabs this very cold waffle cone phone, (laughs) gets his face all sticky with it. Yep. Oh, man. And so,
1: yeah, he answered the phone, and the boss on the other end is saying, Hey, they just got in that boat and they're heading somewhere really fast with purpose. Go back to where Ibakio was because something feels really off
0: they they must have got a clue if they have a plan that they're acting on like this i i don't know you got to check it out so, so Dopio does check back at the monument but it's been smashed to bits they covered that bit of their tracks mm-hmm. and the boss is like all right i hate to do it cuz these guys suck so much i hate oh god damn i hate these two guys but you got to call up chocolata and secco yes. they're very nasty boys i despise <laughs> them <laughs>
1: We don't know for sure if those guys found anything, but got to make sure, get the grossest, nastiest guys I got in reserve. And you, you do get a brief glimpse at them, like superimposed over the sky, and they look pretty nasty.
0: They're they're, they're pretty nasty boys. They're gross guys. Uh, so yeah, the phone is just like melting all over Dopio's face, getting real sticky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and back in the turtle, uh, Hacker Man just wants to give a some fun geography trivia. Uh, in- <laughs> including film reel effects yeah, yeah
1: okay get ready for some really insane lore behind stands that
0: completely is- unnecessary lore <laughs> behind stand if this goes on to have a purpose i will be so upset
1: yeah hacker man it, it begins talking about the origin of the stand giving arrows
0: he doesn't even reveal that's what it's about. Like, that's the ending yeah, twist, yeah. is that that's what this story st- uh, uh, is leading to. It starts with, hey, y'all ever heard of Greenland? Yep. There's this spot on <laughs> Greenland uh, uh, where where a meteorite once hit, and oh boy, the the local Inuit tribes... They loved this meteorite. But then in the 70s, the survey team came to check it out, and they all died with horrible boils all over their bodies. (laughs) Yep. Except this one guy who got rad superpowers and also boils all over his body.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and you can see just like as these images in this film reel are, are flying by. You just see, like, a dude on an operating table covered in hideous boils just shooting, like, force lightning out of his fingertip and severing a surgeon's finger clean off
0: his hand. So when they studied the chunks of this meteorite, they found that in its path through the cosmos that landed in Cape York on the uh, the west coast of Greenland, it picked up an alien virus. <laughs> yes. An alien virus. And, and this is the source of stands it's a highly deadly alien contagion that if you get it you are almost certainly to die unless through its own twisted version of natural selection you are the strong that survives Mm -hmm. and you get stand powers from it yep and hundreds of years ago we're not told exactly when or why Mm -hmm. except that uh some dude wanted to gain the power of god some ancient guy made a bunch of arrows out out of this stuff out of this this meteorite and that's where all the stand arrows came from Mm -hmm. does that include the one inside the mouth of black sabbath who could say i'm not gonna say (laughs) (laughs) oh
1: man it's so like out of left field when i was watching this first time and just learning
0: that stands the byproduct of an alien virus So, so I don't know if the specific expedition mentioned in that story is real, but mm-hmm. there is a Cape York meteorite. In fact, there are three. It, mm. it broke up into three pieces on impact, and the Inuit people did use it historically as a source huh. of iron for cold forged arrowheads. Oh, okay, all right. Which have been found f- far, far away because meteoric iron uh, uh, has like a signature. You can trace these arrowheads to their source no matter how Mm. far away you find them and so it is like evidence of deep deep prehistoric trade networks oh because we have always lived in a world system that's cool you have to remember that the emperors of rome and the emperors of china exchanged gifts Mm -hmm. like the, the world has always been interconnected yeah but anyway, what doesn't kill you gives you stand powers. We, all, we always knew this. We already knew this.
1: That's why I keep working out with my pull-up bar. I just hope it happens one day. <laughs>
0: I'm getting there. And Mysterious Hacker Man is like, oh, but you already know all about what stands are in the end, don't you? And as he says this, there are silhouettes of all of the Stardust Crusaders mm-hmm. and their stands, and Iggy is second to last yeah avdol comes after the dog what the hell avdol was on the team before
1: jotaro damn what the fuck was that one popping up in death order because like uh no because the living people came first well like reverse because like if avdol pops up last he was the first to actually truly die and then it was iggy I have it right here. Let's see what happens.
0: There is no order in which this makes sense. Yes,
1: Cockywing shows up after Iggy.
0: <laughs> it's not joining order. It's not leaving order. It's not reverse of no. either of those. It's not alphabetical. Abdul <laughs> would be first again.
1: Yeah. And so Bruno is just saying, "Okay, but what's the secret power of this arrow then?" And
0: the hacker man goes, "Like, I'll tell you when you're in Rome." <laughs>
1: Fucking I can't,
0: I get can't there. believe Araki invented mini minichlorians. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, But Bruno declares, I shall trust you with speed lines and whooshing. <laughs> His trust
1: is so strong. Do you ever wish you could have that happen when you declared things? <laughs> I do.
0: I'm going to get a drink. Whoosh. <laughs> I have to poop really bad. Whoosh. <laughs> No, that's JoJo's. Yeah, yeah. Uh, So so yeah, they set a rendezvous at the Colosseum, as the episode title would imply. Mm -hmm. First, you know, they have to make a landfall from Sardinia to what, what turns out to just be some coastal fishing village, where the idea is to, like, get a rental car and then drive inland to Rome. Yeah, They're being hunted, they know it, mafia boys on the run, so they scope out the place and see two very drunk men. Ha- who have to pee and they're arguing about which public fixture to soil. <laughs> yeah. One of them goes for a public mailbox mm-hmm. just as a urinal. Hooray. Open that sucker up. And yeah. his friend is clinging all fours to this this post, this this pillar mm-hmm. that is at the base of, you know, the staircase that goes from water's edge up to upper street level. So, so Bruno is giving Mista instructions from inside the turtle, which means Mista is gigantic, looming above yes. like Godzilla. I love, I, I love whenever they do this. Mm-hmm. And, and he's spotting even more drunks just laying around this this square. Uh, and, and so Mailbox Drunk picks up Pillar-clinging Drunk in order to pull him away and be like, No, don't pee on that. We're going to go pee somewhere else. And his torso and one of his arms comes with, but his three limbs and pelvis stay behind. Yep, still clinging to the post. And this presents a problem, <laughs> as summed up by the bisected man, when he says, quote, I can't reach my pee-pee now.
1: <laughs> yep. As he is looking down at half, the you know, the half of his body that is missing and where his body popped off, there is now green goo. I hate it when I get green goo. So for some reason, Mailbox Man vaults over him.
0: Yes. I guess in shock. In terror. I, I would probably jump. I don't know. And as he falls to, to uh, uh, the ground below from being halfway up the staircase, his leg turns into a mass of algae. Yep. And then just totally crumples, unable to support his weight upon landing. Yep. This is enough for me to decide, ah, a stand attack. I, much, <laughs> I must bend down. And grab the gun from my boot. And when he does, there's goo on his hand.
1: Yep. Uh, And this is when we see the two nasty boys spoken of earlier. The nastiest boys. Nasty, nasty. We get a good look at both of them. One of them is holding a video camera recording Mm -hmm. all the mayhem that's going on.
0: For pacing reasons, let's talk about one today and one next sure. week. yeah. Because one of them does things and the other doesn't. <laughs> yeah, sure. So so Chocolata, who's going to be doing things, has, okay, you know how Risotto has a jester's hat with balls hanging off of it? Yeah. What if that was just hair? <laughs> yep. What if your hair was in the style of jester hat with, with balls on the end of the, the dangly bops? Mm-hmm. Now this, I want to see a hairstylist pull off. And it's all green. Yep. He is wearing a an interesting version of, of a of priest's frock, I guess. Yeah. In that it's a long coat with tails and a high collar and an embroidered cross over the chest. However, the, the chest ends at his navel and so does the coat. It is a midriff mm-hmm. bearing priest's vestments. <laughs> And the cross is in blue and has some, like, brocade going on. Like, mm-hmm. in the manga, it's supposed to be see-through, like, you're supposed to see chest behind it. But mm. in the anime, they simplified it. It's just a uh, black design on a solid blue uh, uh, cross. Yeah. Aside from that, it's a pretty normal outfit. <laughs> Aside yeah. from all those exceptions. He's also got, like, green face paint on, like,
1: on yes, his nose yes. and forehead and down his cheeks and uh, purple lipstick. Uh, his
0: English voice played uh, Kusuke, the dad in Horimiya. Okay, uh, and he was also Odin in Record of Ragnarok. Hmm. While the Japanese voice, if you want to see a movie, an American movie in Japan, you are going to be hearing this man's voice because he dubs for Mark Ruffalo, Christian Bale, Carl <laughs> Urban, and Tom Hardy. Oh my God. If you are hearing this man, you're having a good time, probably. Especially if it's very corny. <laughs> uh, if you are watching a corny high budget movie, you are hearing
1: this man. Are any of those actors in the same movie together? And does that they guy must be. They These must are be, five right?
0: prolific men. Does that mean that guy gets double billing, has to do both of them? At least according to his Wikipedia page, he did not dub any of those five big names in the same movie, but he did play two roles in Riddick. Oh, wow. Okay. He was Carl Urban's character in Riddick, but also uh, uh, Santana, originally played by Jordi Mola in Mm, Riddick. Okay. So there you go. All right. So
1: yeah, the two nasty guys are just watching the mayhem as dudes get green goo on them and then, like, just fall to pieces uh, videotaping it all. And we mm-hmm, get a, mm-hmm. uh, a mid-episode title card. That I'm not sure what it is because Netflix doesn't have subtitles for it. I think it might
0: be explaining Dopio's
1: abilities?
0: Yeah, it is a, a sort of explanation of Epitaph. Okay. And, and what it is to have half of a King Crimson. Prince Crimson.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we when we come back from the title card, uh, this is when we get uh, a new flashback so that we can learn a bit about Chocolata, who
0: is 34 years old. Basically elderly in anime terms. Yep. And a former doctor fired for malpractice because he killed so many patients. Yep. And then uh, Passione said, ooh, look at this guy. We should probably hire him. <laughs> and that's, that's when he got his stand. Uh, see, the thing he would do to satisfy his sadistic urges would be to misdiagnose people so that they would be slated for surgery with him. And then he would skimp on the anesthesia so they could wake up during surgery and watch him slice them apart. Because <laughs> he's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah. Like Okay, okay, even the boss doesn't like him. I get it. But this is just gruesome for gruesome's sake. You yeah, know? it's really over the top. It doesn't go to like Angelo places, but it's just so ridiculous. I can't take it even a Jojo degree of serious, you know?
1: Yeah, it especially because even when he was a surgeon, he still had the jester like hair <laughs> and the makeup and stuff. Like he still looks like a he still looks like a clown, but like a clown doctor. Not a doctor for clowns, a clown that is a doctor. And mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. comes off like the origin story for a twisted metal character.
0: Yes, yes.
1: <laughs> Like, if you replace this with FMV footage of the exact same thing, like, it would just be a a Twisted Metal cutscene.
0: There is a fine line between JoJo's flashback and Twisted Metal cutscene, but there is a line. There is normally a line, and we have crossed it. (laughs) Uh But we're not done. No, no, we have to flash further back to when he, he was 14 years old, volunteering at nursing homes, and convincing the residents to commit suicide. Yeah. by just whispering terrible lies to them about how their families never really loved them and are uh, just happy they're rotting away uh, alone and out of sight
1: yes and then he would videotape these things
0: Mm -hmm. like and collect them he collected them yeah and by the time he had killed nine people he thought and i now shall become a doctor I, I don't know. It's probably because it was just drawn off model and no one. it didn't.
1: doesn't matter at all. But the size of the cassette tapes on his shelves made it look like he filmed everything on beta tape. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny to me. Maybe he's got really big hands. Maybe, yeah. Quote, no activity brought him more ecstasy than observing death in action. Mm-hmm. Why don't you just watch JoJo's then? It happens all the time. Like
1: every episode, basically.
0: Nowadays, yeah. So we also get a bit of a sub-origin uh, story for Secco here, which is, of course, short for Prosecco. We have chocolate and, and wine. What a lovely day. Yum. <laughs> uh, uh, and he is, you know, uh, uh, Chocolata's assistant. But they met when he was a patient who survived all of this, and <laughs> I would have to assume enjoyed it to some degree. Mm-hmm. Back to the present. Dopio is now on a plane, filling in the boss on an actual phone for once he's in holding thing. a phone hand receiver in his hand and and telling the boss everything that's transpired touching base everything they need to know and getting his fresh orders which is to follow behind and whoever survives this fight kill them because, like, okay, hopefully Chocolata and Seko get the job done, but I'm sick of them, they're <laughs> fucking gross, and I don't want them in the mob anymore. Dopio, you have to, to clean up and kill them, too.
1: Yep. <laughs> and I, I do, like, while he's on the phone, he's seeing King Crimson out, like, his reflection in the window in the plane is King Crimson instead, talking at him. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And like, okay, sure, sure. The, what the boss actually says is, you know, if they, uh, uh, through the course of this fight, they might learn something from, from Bruno and his boys. No, we all know the real reason. He just doesn't like them. No, no. What is to like? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, this is the best punchline, perhaps, in all of Golden Wind. mm mm-hmm. Uh -uh. because the phone call ends and dopio hands the phone back to the little girl he borrowed it from because it's not a real phone it's like a little plastic fisher price play phone. (laughs) yeah it's so good it's really funny and so she takes it it's like hello is there (laughs) is there really somebody here (laughs) it's so good yeah i love it Oh, I love it. oh, it's so good. It's, I'm, I'm glad Dopio's making friends, too. He's so good with kids. He is. He would have figured out a way to return that soccer ball without
1: dying. Mm-hmm. So now back, back in the action with Mista and Narancia. Uh, Narancia's just going, what the fuck is that goo in your hand? And Mista has <laughs> no idea what the goo is other than it's bad and I don't like it. Narancha sends little bo- uh, Aerosmith up
0: into the sky to scout it out. And everyone nearby is dead and covered in goo. And so he's, like, overwhelmed by the chaotic scene, even though, like, hey, just, just think back. What's the last thing somebody told you about how to use your stand? Focus on the behavior of the Dots. Are they currently dying? If so, ignore them.
1: Mm-hmm. M- Misa's talking to Bruno in The Turtle about what's happening, and he, you know, talking about the
0: goo, and he's got, like— And a- how he's pretty sure it's oozing out from beneath his skin. yeah. Another great one for me oh. today. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there's so many. There's just a lot of stuff underneath the skin in part five, yeah, isn't there? there shouldn't be. There it's, should it's... This. This is also why I think I don't like certain sea creatures. Mm. Like, if you look at an octopus from the right angle, you can see right the fuck inside that thing. Oh, and I yeah. I hate it. I it's, hate it. So it makes it's, my skin crawl. It's
1: disgusting. Yeah, I don't like yes. it either. Especially when you start getting to, like, the deep sea stuff. That's translucent. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: bad. My wife is trying to tell me that I'm wrong and that they're God's most perfect creature. <laughs> no, That's jellyfish, but they're, like, second. I don't like jellyfish either. <laughs> <laughs> they're cool. <laughs> so everybody is is trying to figure out what to do. This is clearly a stand, but how does it work? How do we get around it? How do we protect ourselves from the, the goopening? And uh, Giorno pipes up to say, we shouldn't move until we figure out exactly what's attacking us. Yeah, but you always say that, though, every <laughs> time. Yep. You should just have a hand signal for that. Everyone would know. Mm-hmm. So Narancha is not taking that advice. Yeah. He's No one's out at sea. Why don't we just find another place to land and park the boat? He hops right back into the boat and immediately explodes into geysers of mold. Yep. And now Mr. President is getting all moldy inside.
1: Yep, and it's getting inside Mr. President, Mm -hmm. too. I I saw that on MSNBC.
0: (laughs) Uh, So Mista, Mista is the one who pieces it together here. Mm -hmm. This stand attacks by elevation. You can't go low. Yep. But it seems too late for it to matter. See, he figures this out when he reaches out for Narancia, and he's just got like a whole windmill arm motion wide wide arc as he he reaches out and down in super slow motion and as soon as his hand hits like level level with like uh uh, the ground you know straight out Mm -hmm. and once it goes like one degree lower there's algae mold goo on his hand and that that's when he's like ah ah i've got it
1: Mm mm-hmm everyone's getting molded and it's not just Mm -hmm. mold growing on people. It's just like high, like highly pressurized jets of mold are spewing out of their bodies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Nasty. Uh, and this is when you can see Chocolata up on the top of the stairs, just scouting out what's happening, thinking that every, the gang might be figuring out how his stand green day works.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we haven't done a lot of like talking about the bands being referenced because like, what is there to say about Metallica? Everybody knows what Metallica is. Yeah. What is there to say about Green Day? I have something to say about Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I have so much respect for uh, uh, musical acts that evolve and change over their lives continually or, or every few years. That's That's incredible. Everybody loves Prince. Everybody loves Bowie, right? Mm-hmm. I personally adore a band that says "fuck it." No, we are the thing that we were, <laughs> and we always will be forever. I went to an Offspring show, and they still sell bucket hats. All right, oh, I respect God. the hell out of that. Wow. You know, you know what I hate? A band that changes once. Mm, yeah, that's that's what I think. What I think about Green Day? <laughs> <laughs> There's like pre two thousand three and post two thousand three. You. Do it again. Do it again or shut up and go away. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, So Green Day the Stand. Uh, Known as Green Tea
1: in the localization. (laughs) Is kind of like a
0: watermelon or weird cactus man wearing green armor. Okay, okay. Here's what I think of. I think, okay, uh, a bank robber ski mask. But imagine if it didn't stop uh, at the neck. Imagine yeah. if it kept going all the way down to the toes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you put some armor with a tummy window on top of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just
0: totally encased in armor. So you only see that like pinstripe uh, or, or like cable knit texture on like, uh, you know, the bust like clavicle up. Yeah. Uh, uh, torso below the pecs, top of the thighs and feet. Everything else is this, pale green like like a pale mint armor and he's got bright red glowing eyes coming out of his ski mask face
1: yeah oh and also his fingers are the um the goof fingers
0: yeah yeah yeah,
1: yeah. the uh the, the fingertips they just end in holes like they're gonna mm-hmm. shoot
0: bullets and he's also got little mist vents uh all over his shoulder plates and in two rows of his noggin <laughs> his Yep. Yeah, the very top of his head is very, like, cactus-like. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just
1: spewing out weird mold gas all over the place. And now, like, Jorno and Trish are having mold spewing out of their bodies. <laughs> Trish's thigh just bursts open? Yeah. That's gross. not good. I don't like that. And this is when Jorno looks at his moldy, gross hand and thinks, I once read about a
0: type of mold that infects <laughs> bugs. No, you didn't. Fuck off. You did not. No, you did not. <laughs> I think what he actually says is, I I read about this mold or something like that. Not, not like a mold that affects bugs, but a yeah. mold that does this. And no, you didn't. No, you didn't.
1: Yep. Jorno's just like, hey, this is a mold that affects you only
0: when you move downwards. Okay. Right. And he names it. He names it. So I looked it up. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, the mold is called Entomophaga Grilli. And it is real. Okay. It is a real fungal parasite that affects grasshoppers. And it changes their behavior. What it does is it forces grasshoppers to climb up high and cling tight in in its, like, last uh, uh, stage of of the infection cycle. And then the grasshopper dies way up high, as high as the grasshopper can go. Which then means that the spores, as they spore open, uh. will will hit a wider patch of of the the ground below in which they will grow and, and get more grasshoppers. It gets grasshoppers when they're low and makes them go high. Jorno <laughs> has poor reading comprehension. <laughs> uh, uh, this also has been used as a natural pesticide if you've got a grasshopper problem, except it's uh, really bad at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you also have to have like the proper growing conditions for this fungus, and there is a little bit of luck involved. Even so, and huh. like you know, we're we're trying, we're we're trying to to kill pests for for profit, but without poisoning the earth. Mm-hmm. What are you gonna do? But Jorno's like, okay, no, 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 this makes perfect sense. This makes perfect sense that it kills this way because. All of the dead people are sporing zones. So by killing a lot of innocent bystanders, it's artificially increasing the stand's range.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Aha,
0: uh-huh, aha, mm-hmm. uh-huh. This also goes back to in the plane, the boss is like, that dude's going to kill all of Rome. Dopio, you have to stop him after he finishes killing my enemies. <laughs> and this is
1: when uh Narancha goes oh shit i'm completely covered in mold i gotta throw the turtle up and away from me so it doesn't get even moldier
0: but he's so far gone he's so molded up that he can't throw the turtle very well in fact his fingers come off when he tries yes and so now the turtle
1: is is flying and soon to fall and get super molded and this is mm-hmm. when mista goes what if I shoot the boat and make it explode <laughs> and propel all of us upwards?
0: yeah yeah so sex pistols redirect all, all of the shots into the gas tank it explodes uh, uh lift the shockwave lifts Narancha and Coco jumbo up onto land and that is when Bruno pops out of the turtle and, and like takes charge of the situation mm-hmm and Chocolata ends the episode by doing the smug anime man thing (laughs) yes interesting let's see how this plays
1: out (laughs) yeah that thing anime villains really need to stop doing because
0: you're cartoonishly gross I cannot take you seriously could you at least do something less generic while we're at it please please yeah that's that's it that's the end of the episode Mm -hmm. Uh, I was talking about this I was talking about this with Elena earlier. As, as I've mentioned before, I try to get some of these things in my head by explaining them to an audience <laughs> of one. Yeah. And so the question she raised was, how does Green Day interact with erections? Uh. <laughs> I mean, for one, all three of them are fathers by now, so that's one answer. But no, after describing Mista's arm extension test that twigged it with him, she came up with the following theory. Mm-hmm. If one achieves an erection while uh, uh, in the range of the stand green day, <laughs> one must maintain it permanently or yes. else their dick will fall off. Yes, that, that is yes. exactly how that would work. <laughs> <laughs> Nine years married to this woman. God, it's uh, like
1: some weird
0: version of speed,
1: but you're just constantly <laughs> taking dick pills so that you never lose your erection because otherwise it's going to fall off.
0: At, at least until someone <laughs> just kills this horrible man. Yeah. <laughs> and then and then his dying words are you you had a boner while you watched me die. How does that make you feel? And then he's dead and then you're safe and then you're never going to forget that. That's yeah. just in your skin. That's under your fingernails <laughs> that thought. Oh man. Uh, She she also uh, thought that the aerometeor virus uh, was way more like the black oil from X-Files than midichlorians. And you know what? She's right. She's fucking right about that. Yes, yes.
1: God, remember... (laughs) Remember how much the black oil was constantly shifting what it was and what it was doing throughout that show? I feel like they had six different ideas for what the
0: black oil was was about. But one of the most constant things is it's almost certainly going to kill you, but a special few will get superpowers. Yes
1: god it really is the okay they get to Rome. they get the the special stand arrow and it just turns out that it's like the uh the alien killing stiletto from the x-files where it's just you stab Mm -hmm, diablo mm -hmm. in the back of the neck and that kills him
0: there were a lot of black oil episodes that had aired before uh uh, this was written that's all i'm gonna say all right yeah Krychek had already puked onto that rocket. Yes! Which I think is one of the coolest images in all of the X Files. Right. Because the top was like, it was like, it had like a, a spiral, spiral thing. Yeah. yeah. A
1: spiral groove and the oil was going down. Yeah. Into the center and
0: slooping into the, the ship. That was cool. That was so fucking cool. But anyway, thanks for joining us uh, yeah. talking about this show instead, actually. <laughs> In our most, hey guys, I just read a magazine article set of episodes of all time. Yep. We are getting to Kojima levels of that <laughs> vibe. <laughs> oh, man. Bug fungus. And uh, did, did you know that they make arrowheads out of this meteor? Whoa. And Whoa. everything else. Mm-hmm. But hey, that, that fight with uh, Dopio and Risotto is really good. Is good. It's good. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here, but there's yeah. also a lot of like, Wow. Wow, you can see, you can see it. You can see it. You can see, yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, next
1: week we'll be back with uh, three more episodes, which is the, the localized version at least. Green Tea and Sanctuary parts one through three. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's three more episodes of this guy. I got to put up with this guy three more times. I'm with the boss on this one. Kill him. Kill yep. him faster. Get rid of this bad bad man. May- maybe he'll be interesting next time. I don't know. Yeah. I either want him interesting or dead. Well, he's going to be dead, at least. So I'll I'll get my wish. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, until then, see you later. To be continued. Chocolata is Dick Cheney. Uh, uh... <laughs>